Hi there, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. I hope you're staying safe, happy, and healthy, sending you a big virtual hug and heaps of hope for the future. As many of us find ourselves at home these days and far from our normal routines, it's always good to take a moment to think about those littlest moments that provide so much cheer. This is why I've always loved sketching everyday things. They're made far more magical when they come to life in a watercolor sketch, but these ordinary things are a beautiful constant in everyone's life. They're the little reminders that life still has so much hope and happiness to offer. And no matter what creative endeavor you love most when you make things and make them from the heart, those things can spread joy around the whole world. So I hope you are finding extra time to create and to dream these days. We should never ever stop doing those two things as they're the building blocks of a lovely life. Even when travel was possible, I wasn't an avid traveler and spent much of my time at home even then. And now, along with much of the world, I find myself having to stay home all of the time. Sure, there are things I miss out there, but most days there's no place I'd rather be than home with my little family, enjoying a small moment each and every day spent sketching from the heart. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Melting Away Faced with a prompt of freezing once, my mind went immediately to the opposite, so I ended up with a melting ice pop. I loved having ice pops as a kid. Although we would sometimes have our own in the freezer, it was even more fun to buy them yourself from the guy in the ice cream truck that would prowl the neighborhood. Once we kids would hear the familiar ding-ding of the bell, we would rush to our mom begging her for a bit of change so that we could enjoy a lovely frozen treat. With change in hand, we'd run sometimes blocks to catch up with the ice cream truck, which is what it was called even though it was actually a van. Though our ice cream guy wasn't really into his job, I think, he would often drive far faster than he should, leaving us little time for our important mom negotiations. Sometimes we were so out of breath by the time we caught up to the van that we could barely spit out the words to place our order. But thankfully, we always found a way and were soon enjoying a messy, melting bit of summer goodness. I always loved this type of popsicle, the kind with multiple colors. This one is perfectly made up, of course, and I'm not sure what the flavors actually are. Some kind of watermelon banana madness, it seems, but those are the colors I gravitated toward. As a kid, there really wasn't a color made that would stop me from trying it. One of my favorite treats was a popsicle called Strawberry Shortcake. This had a strawberry center with a layer of vanilla ice cream that was coated in an ingredient called cake crunch that's made up of too many other ingredients to mention. It basically contained all of the artificial colors and flavors that could stop a grown man's heart but simply captured the heart of a young boy. I haven't had one as an adult, but the memory is more than enough to satisfy my cravings. Those visions of running after the ice cream truck are so vivid. Sure, maybe it was because we actually had to run in our neighborhood to catch up with a guy who seemed to be avoiding us, but it was still fantastic. In the heat of summer, of course, once the treat was obtained, it was a race to the finish before the scorching sun finished it for you. But this was all part of the wonderful experience. My little crew of friends would come back home with faces smeared with various colors of 
food coloring and happiness, and life was just pretty awesome. I often miss those carefree days when you just did the next thing on your mind and didn't have a list of things you absolutely had to do. I don't think I really appreciated the freedom I had as a child. If I didn't get my change for the ice cream truck that day, I was devastated and thought my little life must nearly be at an end. These days, I'm just always trying to catch up with life and not get too far behind. But I love dreaming back to those days when all that mattered was a handful of change and a gleeful run toward nirvana. Sometimes, when things get a bit stressful, I think back to these days. Suddenly, rather than feeling stressed, I just feel the sweet glow of life lived in sheer joy. And in these moments, no matter what challenges still lie before me, I can feel each little worry falling into the background and simply melting away. box of gourmet chocolates. Today I was definitely able to make Philippe smile when he picked me up from work by announcing I didn't have anything to paint for our prompt of chocolate today. He's a bit of a chocoholic, which is apparently a real word as my spell check didn't alert me to any problems just now. As addictions go, I don't share it, but I really do enjoy chocolate. So we stopped at our favorite local chocolatier, Christopher Elbow, and grabbed a little box as a treat. We chose a colorful selection of various flavors from lavender to Venezuelan spice. This type of gourmet chocolate entrances me because not only is a great deal of attention put into the flavor, the visual is a glittering little piece of art. And chocolate can be a bit tough to paint and make look interesting in its typical dark brown form. We will enjoy these over the next several days, typically cutting just one in half and sharing it each night. But if one goes missing between now and tomorrow night, I'm pretty sure it will be a mystery that's rather easy to solve. While I was painting this, Philippe was ironically next to me watching a show about eating addictions. These were not folks with addictions to chocolate or anything you might expect or even actually eat, but bizarre ones like people who ate pounds of raw meat or boxes of cornstarch. Listening to the episode in the background was a bit distracting and I had to stop and watch in awe at certain parts. Suffice it to say, our little chocolate treat didn't seem very indulgent after all. Yet in response to that show, our dinner was just a little bit lighter that evening. But little treats served at just the right moment are a wonderful thing indeed. I knew Philippe was tired and ready to go home tonight, so making an extra stop could be met with an objection. But when that stop involves a glistening box of chocolates, I was simply met with a happy and enthusiastic yes. And yes, a big glowing smile. As much as I enjoy smiling myself, making others smile is probably my favorite thing in the world. Whenever I feel a little tired or stressed as I did a bit today, my first response is always to make someone else smile. This is guaranteed to fill me with joy and erase any negative feeling that I was feeling. Though I am an altruistic person, the real reason is quite simple and practical. Smiles make me smile, and unless I'm near a mirror, it's impossible to see my own. So to me, if I can just see a glimpse of that happiness in others, my entire mood will change for the better. I'll be reminded of everything good and fantastic in the world, and the stress simply fades away. That's why I'm smiling tonight. 
We've yet to actually try our little gift to ourselves, but it's going to happen just after this post. A little shared bit of happy that's such a small and silly thing, and yet so perfectly wonderful. No matter what happens in a day, the night can always be turned around by spending it with someone you love and a box of gourmet chocolates. Sunglasses at night. As the sun begins to set and I'm rushing to complete a quick little post, we have these last minute sunglasses in answer to a prompt. Glasses are devilishly difficult to sketch and so I just grabbed a couple of colors and dove in for a quick little doodle wash. It's only the start of the week and I'm feeling rather exhausted. I'm sure my eyes would betray me, so perhaps wearing sunglasses this evening isn't such a bad idea after all. Wearing sunglasses makes many people look rather cool, but I'm not sure if I have the face for them. At least I don't think I look particularly cool while wearing them. On me, they look precisely like eye protection, which, though sensible, is not particularly sexy. Since I'm too lazy to put in my contacts much of the time, sunglasses aren't always an option. And those clip-on sunglasses are definitely clever, but most look a bit strange. As if being called four eyes in school wasn't enough, I can now be referred to as six eyes. I've worn glasses since I was very young. My eyesight has never been particularly good and I'm always amazed at adults who are just now considering glasses. I honestly can't remember a time when I didn't need them. Thankfully, due to advances in technology, they now have lenses that aren't as noticeably thick. I'm able to wear much more fashionable glasses now, and one would hardly know just how necessary they are. It strikes me as a bit counterintuitive that someone with such bad eyesight like myself would choose a career in the visual arts, but I've always been like that. If you tell me I can't do something, then I'm twice as likely to give it a go. You don't even have to say the word dare as that's as much implied by the mere suggestion. I realize there are also surgeries now to correct vision, but upon hearing the word laser, my enthusiasm for this was replaced by sheer terror. Luckily, over the past several years, my prescription has stayed roughly the same. Sure, I still need glasses in order to see where the hell I put my glasses, but at least it's not getting worse at the moment. I think that's another reason why painting is so precious to me. The idea that I could observe something this closely and recreate it makes me feel a sense of accomplishment. There are so many things in life that could hold us back if we let them. Some people are blessed with perfect genes that make them almost supernatural, while the rest of us, which is actually most of us, suffer from some flaw or another. These little flaws are what make us special. Cool, if you will, in our own unique way. And though there are people with perfect vision who can see things much clearer than I can, I know in my heart that my vision is simply of a different kind. I have big dreams and huge plans that I can see quite clearly in my head. And though they may exhaust me at times, I know that with perseverance they'll come true. Until then, I'll try to get a bit more sleep and when necessary, simply wear sunglasses at night. When the tortoise wins. 
for a prompt of turtles once, I actually landed on a tortoise instead, which by distinction is a land dweller and not one that lives in the water. This was mostly because my mother recently retold a story of when I was in kindergarten and was cast as the tortoise in our thrilling grade school stage adaptation of the Aesop fable The Tortoise and the Hare. In this story, a hare taunts a poor tortoise because he moves so slowly, bragging about his superior speed and then challenges the tortoise to a race. As the race begins, the hare shoots forth like a rocket and leaves the poor tortoise behind. The hare then decides to take a nap while waiting for the tortoise to catch up, but wakes up too late and the tortoise wins the race. I think the fox was also the judge, but he didn't really have a very big part. Apparently, according to my mother, at the end of the transcendent performance as the turtle, I removed my paper crown given to me by the other woodland creatures and took a huge and dramatic bow. I was the only child on stage who did so. For some reason, this has always delighted my mother and has become one of her favorite memories of me as a kid. I told my mother later that we were all instructed to do so, but none of the other kids did. I can only imagine her watching her overly dramatic child take a gigantic bow all alone. But I was simply doing as I was told back then. It would be years before I would become a bit of a rebel. And looking back, I did actually win that race, so it was more than justified. Yet, it's the story itself that struck me until this day. The idea that a race can be won with slow determination and not always by those who are the swiftest. I've never been swift or particularly athletic, and growing up I always identified with that tortoise. Though I have a perfectly impulsive nature, when it comes to actually doing things after I rush in, I tend to approach it all in, shall we say, a very laid-back style. This has only gotten worse as I've gotten older and learned that the swiftest often don't win the race. So there's little point in getting worked up over anything at all. It's way more fun to just keep taking measured steps forward and see where the road truly leads. This is definitely the approach that I take to my sketching and painting. I just started slowly walking toward a finish line that I still can't quite see. My goal has been the same each and every day, just show up and sketch, yet it's also become my philosophy on life, just show up and live. So I try to experience each little moment that passes without bothering to rush on to the next before taking a bit of time to enjoy it properly. Those little moments that seem like nothing at all can fill me with such hope and a sense of potential. Great things will definitely happen in time. In the meantime, I enjoy all the good things that make life so beautifully livable each and every day. Slowly but surely, all things will work out as they should. And I'll take my time for now to let each tiny thing in my life have its moment in the spotlight, like enjoying a retold memory of the littlest version of me taking a ridiculously huge and glorious bow when the tortoise wins. A shiny treat. Anyone who's followed my blog for a bit knows I love painting shiny things. 
Spoons, of course, are always pretty shiny, so all I needed was a shiny dessert once to accompany it. I'm realizing now I made the dessert rather large and only included a single spoon, which seems a bit selfish. Were this actually sitting in front of me now, I would happily share it, but those are the things we can always say when not faced with the opportunity to be proven wrong. Truly, as much as I love painting desserts, I don't have them very often. Philippe is currently in the process of making a cherry pie for after dinner this evening, so I guess tonight will be my lucky night. And most of all, I hope all the mothers out there have had a day filled with treats. You certainly deserve to have whatever you like. My mother lives in Texas, so I don't get to see her on Mother's Day. But I did call her on the phone. I don't really like talking on the phone, so I'm bad at calling as much as I should. When she answered, I said, are you my mommy? But instead of chuckling as she's grown used to me over the years, she just replied, I think so. That was enough confirmation, so I wished her a happy Mother's Day and we had a nice chat. Apparently, my great-nephew bears a lot of similarities to me and not simply because he's also named Charlie. He's just three, so for each story about that little Charlie, my mother provided one or two about me at that age to show the comparison. I think I've already shared most of these, so I won't bore you with the details today. But suffice it to say, he is starting to show some of the same traits and engages in the same shenanigans. His mother has no idea what she's in for next. I miss seeing my mother more. Distance can be a tough thing, but it never feels like any time has passed. Even though Texas is far closer than Paris, where my other family lives, we don't get to visit more than once a year. But that trip always feels extra special. It strikes me that no matter the distance, a mother is always with you. Every lesson she taught me on how to treat others still guides me today. And every time I'm about to do something particularly dumb, I'm still paused by her voice in my ear whispering, Seriously, Charlie? I know that we're both getting older and every minute together is getting that much more precious. In every wonderful story I remember from childhood, she always had a role. Sometimes it's just a cameo appearance, but she's still there and she always will be. That kind of love simply doesn't ever go away. So these rare moments when I get to hear her voice will continue to make me smile, no matter what's happening in my life. And despite the distance, it's always a shiny treat. smoothies. With a prompt of smooth once, I thought of a million different things, so in an effort to stop imagining and just paint something already, I opted for a watermelon smoothie. Though the credit for smoothness would likely go to the glass in this one, I thought of this just because I like the idea of a smoothie. Plus, it's a cute word. You literally throw a bunch of ingredients into a blender and pulverize them until they're ready to drink through a straw. This is even something I can manage with my not-so-much-limited-as-non-existent kitchen skills. This is also how I approach my illustrations. I squint for a bit at whatever it is I'm about to recreate on paper and then throw a bunch of ingredients at it with glee, happily blending them together until something new is made. That's what I love about sketching with watercolor. You don't have to be exact, you just have to get the illusion of something across. I learned by pulling bits of ideas and techniques from 
urban sketchers, illustrators, and studio painters. I blended all of this together to make something I call a doodle wash, and while it isn't precisely any one of those approaches, it hopefully makes an interesting drink in the end. One of the things I've learned on this art journey is that no matter what you make or how you make it, it's always uniquely yours. Your hand, your mind, your heart come together to create something that can only be made by you. In art school, instructors may have had us copy a famous painting, but we always end up with a classroom full of unique interpretations. It's not skill that makes our work so different, it's something else entirely. The way we see is the real key to the equation, and this is as unique as a fingerprint. We should absolutely learn wonderful techniques from as many of the fantastic artists who share them as we possibly can. But ultimately, what we make will always be our own creation. This is the amazing thing about art. No matter what you do, you are always taking part in a bit of self-expression. And this is also why I don't stress too much about technique or worry that I'm doing things properly. At the very least, I always know I'm doing things the way that only I can do them. And so it strikes me that learning to paint is not just about the final results, it's about the ingredients that you choose to blend together. This is why I love featuring other artists. We have so much that we can learn from the various techniques and pure emotion that they include in their work. Equally, there's much to understand about the journey that brought them to where they are today. I have to smile when I read the stories of artists who, just like me, abandon a paintbrush for more than 20 years. It's not so much time lost in our case as a beautiful enlightenment gained. Each day that I now get to play with paints and a brush is even more of a gift. A discovery that makes my life so much richer knowing that I'll be able to make something brand new appear at some point. Some days the results are far better than others, but that doesn't make the experience any less delicious. After all, I'm not making masterpieces, I'm just making smoothies. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 